This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We are going to head into our next segment in just a moment, but I do want to encourage you, if you missed any of the last segment with Mary Hanbury, please check it out. There's an amazing opportunity to go on a pilgrimage with Bishop Fulda of the Diocese of Fargo in September. You can find out more information about that on the website. At FargoDiocese.org. And we affectionately refer to her as Mary Funbringer Hanbury. Yes, and I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Clark, joined by Brad, has a way with words gray. Exactly. That is right. (laughs) Or doesn't have a way with words gray. (laughs) Fact. No, thanks for staying with us. We're excited to welcome our next guest this morning. We've got Dorian Walker. Good morning, Dorian. Morning. Good morning, Dorian. Good to see you again. Yeah, likewise. So this is an exciting moment for me and you, Brad, yeah. because, well, and all Catholics, really, all Catholics should be excited about what's happening mm-hmm. right now. And maybe because you are a co-director of RCIA at the Cathedral and, and St. Paul's Newman Center. Right. Talk about what is so exciting about what's happening right now. And people might be seeing it at Mass to a degree, yeah. but may not fully understand it. Gosh, I mean, it, the RCIA, which stands for the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, which, um, as an aside, it's actually going to be changing. Uh, the U.S. bishops have changed the order slightly. So it's actually going to, going forward, it's going to be the OCIA, the Order of Christian Initiation of Adults. So I be just weird. got RCIA figured out, yeah, and now they're going to change it. That's, that's why we did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so it is, it's something that has just been awesome. Mary and I have been able to work with the RCIA for the last 20 years, uh, you know, walking with, with uh, young men and women, old men and women, people, children uh, coming into the church, uh, whether it be from no faith background whatsoever or from another Christ, Christian tradition, and having the opportunity to uh, walk with them, to accompany them as they grow closer to the Lord and you know, when I was in my uh, doing my undergraduate studies in theology, I had a professor, Barbara Morgan, who's recently passed away, and and she was uh, something of a guru uh, when it comes to RCIA. She had prior to working at Franciscan University, teaching at Franciscan University, she uh, was worked with two different parishes where they each were bringing about 125 people into the church every year. And come again, yeah, 125 people. My goodness, and. Um, and she, she would say, she was just phenomenal. She was the, the, the first professor I had. It was the first time in my life that I couldn't wait for Monday. Like, just the, the truth that she would lay out, it was just so exhilarating. And she would talk about how RCIA is perhaps the most potent ministry in the church for just revitalizing a parish. Just the, the, the opportunity of experiencing this, um, this newness of faith, this deepening of faith, as people are encountering the Lord, as they're drawing closer to Him, as they're responding with generosity to His call, it, it's just, it's so upbuilding. And, I, you know, Mary and I, would, I'm, I know she would say the same, that, that it, it has been such, a, such a, a boon to our own faith in these last couple decades of, of being a part of that, of witnessing God's work in the lives of so many other people, that it is, it is really a thrilling time. I have not gone anywhere for Easter for the last two decades, because we're always planted right here at St. Mary's Cathedral uh, as a part of the RCIA. My kids have grown up going to the Easter Vigil and partying until 2 a.m. afterwards. Um, and, you know, from the age of <laughs> newborn all the way up. Uh, and it's just, it's been such an extraordinary blessing. And I'm just excited to have Dorian here right now to kind of share what his experience has been uh, of, 
of RCIA, of, of God's call, I guess. So, Dorian, thanks, for, thanks again for being with us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's an unexpected and uh, kind of bewildering honor. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, t- talk about your life before entering RCIA. What kind of, how'd you grow up with, with a faith background? And, you know, what piqued your interest then in RCIA? Well, I was raised Protestant. Um, we sort of moved around a lot. My mom played the organ in churches. And so it was kind of, the church we went to was kind of based on the kind of gig that she could get. Hmm. Um, they, so we weren't super, you know, uh, particular about the theology of the church we were going to as long as they sort of liked the people. Hmm. You know, so when I was younger, we went to a Presbyterian church. When we went to South Dakota, I went to Methodist church. Um, and it was all it was all kind of nice. It was... I didn't really, um, the, the meaning of what was going on was never like really instilled in me and I never really like took it seriously. Hmm. Um, and so it didn't really stick, um, after, uh, high school and after college and stuff like that. So there was a, a falling away for sure after that. So you kind of grew up with an appreciation of Christianity at least, cause that was a big part of your mom's life for sure. And you were certainly in that in that pool, so to speak, right? And so th- there was, like, you had some familiarity with Jesus, right, growing up, or um, what was that like for you? Uh, spiritually speaking, you you knew this was a good thing. Was there anything beyond that, or what was that like? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I, like, knew Jesus in, a, like, a robust sense. Uh, my mom was definitely the most religious in my family. Okay. Um, my dad uh, was and remains a lapsed Catholic, okay. um, and he always talked to me about, you know, the the idea that religion is basically like for ethics, uh, but we have sort of like, you know, certain people have sort of progressed beyond the need to have the dogmatic aspect of it hmm. in order to be a good person. So that was his, that was the, the message that I got from him. Um, and so that... Did that... Hmm? Sorry, uh, just to to jump in on that, like, did that alter your, knowing that he was a lapsed Catholic, did it alter your view of the Catholic Church at that point in life, or did you have any opinions about the Catholic Church? I honestly didn't really have that many opinions about uh, the Catholic Church growing up. Um, they didn't talk about interdenominational stuff, in like, further than the fact that, like, they're all sort of equally, you know, good if they're not too intolerant of each other, Okay, you know? Um, we didn't really have like a strong like prayer life as a family. Like maybe for Christmas, my mom would say grace before before dinner, um, stuff like that. Mainly, the thing that I got from it was an appreciation for sacred music. I think, mm-hmm. um, and the the history of music because my parents are both uh, music teachers. Okay, um, that's part of why we we moved around because uh, where my dad would get gigs at like colleges. Um, and that's definitely stuck with me, and I still really have. And during Lent, I've been rediscovering. Uh, my appreciation for sacred music hmm. and all that hmm. Renaissance choral music and stuff. So that was it. your your mom's. She would be more the the sacred music uh, realm versus a more contemporary the praise and worship. Or or what was that like? They both both my mom and my dad had an appreciation for the older like sacred okay. sacred music um, from a purely sort of like artistic sure. aesthetic standpoint. Um, and yeah, I never really got too much into the the more contemporary praise stuff. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. So when did your heart start, you know, kind of uh, feeling uneasy or like, you know, maybe there's something more 
than than what I'm getting here. What what was at what point in your life did you start to think, yeah, is there is there more? Um, it was after I was almost done with college, um, and you know, like a lot of I think like a lot of young men nowadays, they have this sort of uh, moment of like looking at the world and thinking, what happened? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I I came to uh, appreciate religion um, from a sort of functionalist uh, social value perspective. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jonathan Haidt, um, but he wrote a book called The Righteous Mind, which is great. Recommend it to everyone. Hmm. Um, And I liked that. And I saw the value of religion as something that is good for to sort of underpin the stability of society. Hmm. And that is what sort of started me on the path to reconsidering taking a religion seriously. Hmm. You know, not necessarily Christianity at that point, um, but that's what sort of got the ball rolling, I would say. Because kind of a shared, um, a shared mentality or a shared uh, vision or ideals for a society, right? A, a source of unity and bonding together, right? Um, so as you're talking about that, it reminds me of, of St. Augustine's uh, City of God, where he talks about the city of God and the city of man and how uh, the city of God, of course, is, is that really the kingdom of Christ that he's building up and that that's... It's in the world. It's planted in the world, but it's not of the world. It's oriented toward that eternal kingdom, uh, but it's it's situated in the city of man, and that the city of man can only be just insofar as it first gives justice to God, and that's something that we we continue to forget in our in our time, and, and our society uh, continues to erode and crumble on account of it. So once you hit that point of realizing that, okay, religion is good for society. What happened next? It obviously didn't stop there. No. um, Basically, I saw the main, uh, like a common thread with a lot of the problems in society is like a form of like neo-Gnosticism, try to escape from the body, escape from traditions, escape from norms and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so there were aspects of paganism that I found appealing, but also Christianity, like you said, Chesterton was huge for me, um, Mm. talking about how um, Christianity answers that question of philosophy of how are we at home in the world, but also longing for something beyond it. Mm. How do we feel both at home and strangers in it? And the idea of the Christian being in the world, but not of it over and against it, that uh, struck a chord with me. And so Chesterton was big. C.S. Lewis was big. Um, But... Yeah. The the reason we started going to church two years ago was um, because this all these philosophical questions sort of came to a point in our personal life where I caused, uh, I personally caused uh, a severe crisis in our marriage. Mm. Um, and uh, I started praying during that time. And at the end of a month, um, I had, I heard what I needed to hear. And I had a moment of prayer. I wouldn't say I heard a voice, but I would say that um, I felt a moral conviction, the likes of which I'd, I didn't know was possible, hmm. that I was in the wrong and that I needed to make amends. And immediately after that, we went forward with recognition that God had saved our marriage and started going back to church. So you've mentioned we and our marriage. Tell us a little bit about, uh, about Tiffany, your wife. Tiffany, she's uh, lovely. Um, and that's... <laughs> that's that um, good start <laughs> yeah no she was she was raised catholic um and so that's i guess part of the reason when we started going back to church you know whether it would be the catholic church down the street or the lutheran church down the street so that's part of it but mm-hmm. um yeah she um just lately as well 
partly, I think, because of the RCIA process, her heart's really been lit on fire mm. uh, with love. And that's been an answer to my prayers. It's mm. been amazing to see. If you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Dorian Walker, who is a current uh, participant in the RCIA That's program right. yeah. at the Cathedral of St. Mary in Fargo. We're talking about his spiritual journey to hit the point of wanting to join RCIA. So we're going to get the other half of the story about joining it and talk about the Easter season, which is upcoming, and the excitement for that as he enters the church when Real Presence Life continues. Please stay with us. Typical morning is, is I leave between 6 and 6.30 and I get home um, between 6 and 7 in the evening. And so when you're on the road that much, Catholic Radio is my constant companion and I would be lost without it. I really hope that a lot of you are listening to this and you feel the same way. That uh, what if it was gone? What if it wasn't here? What if we didn't have it? Where would we be? One of the inspiring things that came to me from Catholic Radio was uh, when the hurricane hit Houston and uh, they were talking about the manager of the station in Houston, how he had to be evacuated from his home. But he said, the whole time of the hurricane, the radio station never went off the air. Mm. And so you got these people here that are dealing with a natural disaster, and they still have this Catholic radio that can bring them the solace, the peace, the confidence that God is with them, and they'll make it through it. You know, these people in Houston that were being devastated by the storm, they had Catholic radio that they could rely on. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Yeah, there's a lot of extraordinary things happening in our local area right now. And we might not even really recognize what's happening. Yeah. And I'm talking about the RCIA programs at all of our parishes and the incredible conversions of heart that are happening as these wonderful men and women prepare to enter the church into full communion with the Catholic Church at Easter. Yeah, that's right. Is that understated? No, absolutely. It's, it's profound. It's, uh, it is something that is deeply inspiring for anyone that, that draws close. And it's one of the things that I think is really cool that we have uh, at parishes around the diocese. We have it certainly, well, around the, around the world. Um, at the cathedral, we have what's called the, uh, uh, not the Red of Welcome, 
the dismissal that takes place after the homily, where the the candidates and catechumens, those who the, the candidates are those who have been previously baptized in another tradition, or perhaps they're they're Catholic and have not yet completed confirmation, or the catechumens are those who are unbaptized, preparing for baptism and the remainder of the sacraments of initiation at Easter vigil, are called forward. Uh, they're they're blessed and exhorted by the the celebrant, and then they go out to kind of dive deeper into the readings mm-hmm. of the day and into the Word of God to be enriched in that way. And it's just it's such a powerful thing for the parish as a whole yeah. to realize, like the the body is is growing, the family is being we're we're getting new members to the family. There's something really like the the Holy Spirit, the potency of the Holy Spirit is is continuously dynamic and, and generating new life. And so too in the church, yeah. we're experiencing that. So we're continuing our conversation here with Dorian Walker. He's one of the RCIA candidates currently at the Cathedral of St. Mary in Fargo. So we've reached the point where you started going back to church, you and your wife started going back to church. What was the point where you took the leap and said, the Catholic church is right for me? Well, um, like I was saying, she was raised Catholic, um, and so that was like part of it. But another part was, it just seemed to me that if what the Bible says about Jesus is true, the Catholic Church is the uh, institution that best like follows the logic of the incarnation of God being in the world, because you have you know the the Scripture and the Word, but you also have this tradition that carries it forth in this mm. actual tangible institution that is the, you know, the source of the deposit of faith. Well, not the source, but, you know, the carrier of it. Um, and so that's, and when, so when we started going back to church, we went to St. Mary's and we started going to the Latin mass and I also just fell in love with the liturgy there. Mm. Um, and so that was a moment of, uh, beauty, you know, making, uh, making, working in, in our hearts and, uh, our minds. That's, that's phenomenal. So what's what's you know having entered RCIA now, Dorian? What's that experience been like for you uh, individually? What's it been like, I, I, as as far as you're able to speak to it for Tiffany, your wife, and for you guys as a couple? What have you guys been uh, encountering and experiencing throughout RCIA? Well, I wasn't anticipating encountering a speaker like you. I'll start with that. <laughs> um, Nobody yeah, ever. I told is. her that I was yeah. going to embarrass you on the air. So every- <laughs> nobody's ever prepared to encounter Brad Gray. <laughs> But no, seriously, I was actually, I was like blown away when you gave your first lecture. Um, I was not expecting like that kind of quality. Um, anyway, (laughs) um, but no, it was, it's been really, really phenomenal, especially for my wife. Like I was pretty on board with most things about Catholicism when I got there, you know, Mm -hmm. it was more for me a matter of just getting the, the, the process done. Um, but for her, she really had reservations about a lot of the stuff, particularly the church's teaching on uh, sexuality mm-hmm. in many ways. That was a long uh, struggle, long talks following the classes. But just being in the community and hearing people like you and Mary and, and all the priests that we have talk about these issues in the way that you do really was uh, almost miraculous in, in what it did for her. Um, and the progress that she's made on that front, uh, still, I'm, I'm still in awe. Wow. Yeah, she's done, her heart has softened so much. Um, and she, like I was saying, her heart is now just on fire, um, especially after 
uh, a couple weeks ago at the women's conference. She did her first confession in 19 years. Yes. I was so excited. Yeah. She came up to me and told me that. I was like, whoa. And then we got to go to mass right after that. I'm like, 19 years. It was great. That's amazing. So obviously we have Easter coming up. We're, we're, we'll continue through Lent and uh, the preparation process. And then you and your wife will come into full communion with the church. Talk about what's on your heart when you think about that of, you know, recognizing where the Lord has brought you both at this point in your lives. Um, well, again, I think the first thing is just awe of, and of like the, the almost tangible sensation of the grace that, that is at work in our lives, especially during Lent, um, that has been giving both of us uh, the strength to like make more sacrifices and to be the, the spouse to one another that, mm-hmm. that we need to become. Um, also a sense of like fear and trembling um, because I know that like after Easter and then the real like, you know, it, uh, journey begins in earnest. That's when the, you know, the desert of consolations will, will come and that we need to sort of prepare for that. And Lent is the perfect time for that. Mm-hmm. And um, just doing away with all of the, like, like I was talking about before, the phil- philosophical aspect of it, all of that stuff has just uh, receded to the background for me. And it's now just Christ and coming to him in, you know, in contrition and letting him do the work that he needs to do on my heart. Wow. And it, yeah, it's never, it's never been personal for me in this in quite this way before. And that's really the time that we're in right now with with regard to RCIA too. We've we had the right of election here the first Sunday of right of election called a continuing conversion um, the first Sunday of Lent and that was really kind of the close of the the catechetical period, the instruction period. Entering now into into Lent for those that went through, they're basically have said we're going to become Catholic. We're going to receive the sacraments of the Easter vigil. So this period is all about being broken open to the Lord so that they can uh, receive as richly as possible those graces uh, in the Easter sacrament. So that's exactly what, where the church has uh, those going through this process right now, Dorian. So Dorian, as we wrap up here, any last thoughts that you'd like to share with us about this journey and... Yeah, like what are you looking forward to? Yeah. Like I that. mean, it's hard, it's hard to think about looking forward to anything other than the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never... You know, growing up Protestant, I've never had access to any kind of sacrament. I've never done a confession, never, you know, I mean, we had communion that was like this little, you know, snack time that they would pass around. And I kept on thinking to myself, why is the priest or why is the pastor being so like solemn about this? This is snack time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now understanding like the full weight of it. Um, yeah, just just this mostly the sacraments, but also, you know, uh accepting the Lord's guidance as he, as he brings me, like you said, into the, into the body um, of Christ and finding, finding a place and making new friends. The, the people that we keep meeting, um, that's another uh, blessing. Um, just so many great people that uh, I'm looking forward to having, you know, enjoying uh, Christ with. Dorian, thanks so much for being on yeah. with us. And, you know, God bless you for answering the Lord's call to join RCIA and come into full communion you know, for me, it just, it gives me a lot of encouragement. It even gives me a, a renewal in my heart of the gift that we have in the Catholic faith because, you know, I've had the gift of being Catholic all my life. I had my falling away points, but 
But every time I see somebody just on fire their faith, it deepens my commitment to wanting to live out the truths of what we have in the church. So thank you so much for being on with us this morning and just witnessing to God's love. Yeah, and I, I have to say thank you as well, because uh, one of the, the great privileges of being involved in RCIA over these years has been just encountering you, encountering the, the, the manifestations of Christ, these wondrous uh, people that are each a mystery and, and getting to call them friends and brothers and sisters. And so it's just thank you for, for being on with us this morning, but thank you, especially as Brandon said, for responding to the call. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, we are at the end of our show and uh, this is this is one of my favorite parts, yeah. you know, because the guy behind the scenes keeping this all running, he's the you dude. know, thinking about shutting off our mics every now and again. Most he's moments. got the power. Uh, no, <laughs> Eli, Eli's going to tell us what's coming up on tomorrow's Real Presence Live. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Great show today. Got another good one coming up tomorrow morning, nine to eleven a.m. Central here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Nick Modelski and Melissa Scacio coming to you live from Rochester, Minnesota. They'll visit with Adam from St. Paul Street Evangelization, and he'll talk about an evangelization training intensive. Plus, Father Maximos Davies will talk about unlocking the Jesus Prayer. Plus, Monsignor Thomas Cook from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, will tell us how he is on loan to the Vatican Congregation for Clergy. All this and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Tuesday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Thank you, Eli. You know, Brad, I have to say, uh, I, I love doing just kind of a takeaway moment mm -hmm. at the end of the show. And I just want to put out there, my biggest takeaway is a tie between our conversation with Dorian mm -hmm. and the conversation about Retrovi and being involved in Retrovi. And, you know, it, being involved in Retrovi, going through all the hurt and everything we've gone through and being able to give back and watching these couples come in on the weekend and have complete transformations takes me and my wife to a different level because we just, we feel we're on mission, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we know that there's a deeper calling and a, a deeper healing that can, and it just really offers us so much encouragement. And so as we visited with Dorian and heard, heard his story, like I said, it's just, it's so beautiful as a Catholic to watch people so on fire for wanting to receive the Eucharist. Yeah, and when you talk about that, the thing that strikes me is the faithfulness of God, that he's constantly at every moment of our lives calling us to, him, you know, whether it be through RCIA, whether it be through Retrovi, but for all of us through Lent, you know, that, that Lent is this time that, that puts on display that Jesus is faithful, that he went all the way to the end for us so that we could be with him. Brad, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, you too, with you. Great to have the B Squad back again, man. Absolutely. So from the B Squad to all of you, have a great day and stay here for more great programming on Real Presence Radio. God bless you all. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.